Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, it's the Luca Pete Show. It's a Thursday, whatever time you're listening to. It could be a Friday, it could be a Saturday. It's not up to me how you live your life. I'm Pete Donald. I'm joined by Luke Miller. Hello, Luke Miller. Hello, it's important that we don't get bogged down so early with the days of the week. I know! Nice to give people an insight into the day the show is released. After that, let them do their own thing. But I was mate. pushing uh, one of my many mosquito bites um, to try and sort of maintain some kind of focus because I'm a little bit sleepy. I love it when you discover things. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you know, most people know about the existence of mosquito bites. We did about 15 yeah. minutes of it on Monday Yeah, because you first you got bitten by a mosquito Ooh. for the first time ever Same. and now you're still talking yeah. about it. One, two. They'll go soon. Three. Have you got any calamine lotion? What lotion? I think it's called calamine lotion. You rub it on it. That was chamomile? I like the tea? No, that's different. Ah, that's different, yeah. What have I um, been drinking? <laughs> how are you? How are you apart from the obvious? I'm good. Just dealing with life. <laughs> dealing, dealing with life, liberty and fruit of the loom. Has life been easier for you since lockdown? Because the world's changed, hasn't it? The world yeah. has completely changed now. We mm. don't know when or even if it's going to go completely back to normal. How are you adjusting to the new reality, Peter? I am doing a lot more whiskey drinking by myself. I am okay. doing so a lot more then. looking <laughs> looking out the window. Uh, I'm doing a lot. I'm just doing a lot of stuff. Just doing a lot of stuff. Um, did you see the uh, great interview with, <laughs> with um, Donald uh, yeah. Trump? I watched it earlier. Where he's like, uh, where he's talking about like the ratio to um, yeah. deaths. You're talking about, uh, we're, we're, oh, we're going from, um, you're doing population. He's going, well, that's not fair. I don't think the, the President of the United States <laughs> should have his own really colourful charts that confuses the interviewer. Because <laughs> that interviewer, Jordan, this one, that he's, he's, he's obviously really good. Yeah. And uh, his thing- face looking at it going, yeah. Where did you even get this? Yeah. yeah. Have you coloured this in yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have a printer cord? I know you got the nuclear cords. Is that an official Disney Frozen colouring book? <laughs> but, but one thing that's interesting, Pete, and uh, because you and I have a very, very small amount of experience in this area on a very low, low level. Well, but being it's, the president. It's, relate, it's relatable. Yeah, you're kind of like, the president of your own realm, aren't you? It so feels like you are. Yeah. Um, but when you interview someone who's mm. really famous or really well known, mm. and when I don't mean this to, to trivialise what you do, and I suppose by extension what I do, we're normally interviewing people who A, aren't that famous, yes. and B, it's about a trivial issue. So it'll yeah. be in your case, maybe about a movie or whatever. Yeah. My case is about a football player or something. He's interviewing the, ma- the, the most famous man in the world, probably. Yeah. The, the most, most powerful, powerful man, man in the world, world, who is also an infant, <laughs> right? His bollocks, Jonathan Swan, I think his name is, his nuts must be massive because anyway, he is, yeah. he, it's not just that he can do it, it's that he's doing it on film yeah. and he looks fine. 
Right. He's not nervous. He's relaxed. He's got his legs crossed. He's doing his thing. Yeah. I just find that not, having a tiny bit of insight into what it's like to interview people who are well-known yeah. or who are talented, it can be really nerve-wracking. And I think he's just this guy just born to do it. Knowing for a fact that uh, that interview is going to be seen by the world because he will flip out and do something mad. So I guess the focus isn't on him, is it? Well, no, that is because he's got he's been held to account, and and, and obviously we're we're heading towards hopefully the end the end of of a Trump presidency. Uh, maybe he'll just flip and and, and yeah, don't and, say put, end game. Put, that that put, sounds bad. Put Pence in and uh, and make him because uh, you know let's talk him, of him changing Pence. You know, really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Oh, the smart move would be to um, say sorry and leave. Toss, his, <laughs> toss, toss yourself off. Uh, put Pence in, and then Pence can um, um, can can, Pete, can give you all of the, the freedom. smart thing to do. Would, is to say earnestly and honestly, sorry about everything I've done. <laughs> I'm now going to retire from public view and you'll never see me He again. becomes a citizen again. He is liable for a lot, Peter, of, a lot of crams. Peter, Peter, on the... Um, on the a lot of pardoning going on for Pence do, if he gets in the second term. Yeah, it's just, that's all it is now. Just yeah. pardons. Pardons, yeah. But do you know, is it is it fair to say, do you think, that um, it's actually, it's probably much easier to interview and nail if you're going for that kind of thing a semi-competent person yeah, when compared uh, to someone like Trump who's just so out there yeah. you can't it's like nailing water to the wall because you yeah. just don't know what's going to happen well, next he gets, he's completely he shameless gets away with everything uh, lies like uh, gaslights to the point of it, it, I mean gaslight gives it too much ceremony doesn't it it's, yeah. it's just, just talking oh nonsense. it's a thing no it's, it's not a thing, a thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and this is the interview for Axios on HBO mm. that we're talking about here which has been released in chunks right but it's All not right. been fully released yet as yeah. far as I've seen um, I, I wonder why because if if we under if we accept that he's completely ter- torn up the rule book, Trump. Mm. So, for example, I don't know if many people expect him to do these traditional debates with Joe Biden because I think he'll get spiked. If if the if the bets are off completely, why is he even doing this? Why is he doing the one with with Axios? Well, yeah, I think he his play is that because of coronavirus, obviously his um, main. Um uh, the the, the Democrats um, the Democrat challenger effectively can't do as many um, uh, can't do events many, can't do as many events can't do as many speeches so he thinks I've got the nation by the balls when it comes to um, eyes and ears so I'm going to do it the problem is uh, his 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 Democrat challenger also is a bit of a bumbling idiot. (laughs) So so that kind of serves him quite well that he hasn't had to do a lot of speeches. Exactly, exactly. But Trump uh, obviously fancies himself as as someone who can turn this all around. He can't be tamed. Um, He can't be tamed. (laughs) He can't be tamed. The problem with Biden is he probably... Biden knows his limitations and he's probably got Mm. a good team around him. Yes. Trump is unaware. (laughs) No, I hear what you're saying, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. He's, he's learning a lot at the moment. There's rumours that he's not very well. Will you please let me write the names down phonetically Give for you. me more European strength Sudafed. You We've all had a cut here. You haven't written this name down. For, that's just Smith. <laughs> you should be able to say that. <laughs> Speaking of coronavirus, um, I saw an interesting story that I thought might pique your interest, Peter, right. uh, is that, um, due, I don't know if, you, if you've seen this, but due to um, a huge decline and collapse, really, in, in demand for commercial flights, yes. um, airlines have had to do something with their planes, right? Right. Because they don't know how long the um the the downturn is going to go on for and how long they need to keep these planes for and because it's very expensive to keep Gosh. them traditionally and there's not that much space because they need to be an easily grabbable distance from airports and that kind of stuff mm. they've guess what they've started storing them all Ooh. they've started storing them all you're never going to guess it's like the NBA Disneyland <laughs> yeah they're all, all in, they're Disneyland. all in Disneyland no they're all being stored in different deserts around the world okay because it's dry 
It's not humid. No. And so they're not going to be dilapidated as quickly. And so there are, there are now facilities opening up in places like the Mojave Desert, in other deserts around the world, because um, they can be stored um, cheaply, long-term, cheaply, relatively speaking. I think yeah. it's apparently, according to the article, it's around $5,000 a month per aircraft. Nice. But that is still a lot cheaper than it would be. Do they put, so do they put, the, so they land them presumably in an airfield and they just drive them over to their little park, them, parking yeah. spot? Yeah. Little parking spot. Um, do they have one of those cool um, kind of like uh, semi-reflective um, silver foil um, over the windscreen? Over the, over the, yeah, yeah, well, because well, obviously it gets incredibly hot in the desert. Yeah, uh, I don't need to tell you that, desert boy. Mm. Uh, it's confusing. Yeah. Uh, but do they put like 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 a posh card? They put like a like a like a covering. I don't I get, know. But mind you, planes do spend a lot of the time. A little bit closer to the sun than we are, so I, I don't imagine think that they're probably yeah. I imagine they're probably uh, they're probably all right. But but um, apparently fourteen thousand aircraft, which is equivalent roughly to two thirds of the global fleet, have been grounded around the world. Could they not? Bearing in mind that uh, one of the things that I heard, uh, you know, like when they isolate people on uh, COVID wards and they circulate the air. Uh, in a certain way to get rid of all the impurities, right? Um, so that the nurses and uh, and doctors. Is it like the Michael Jackson the oxygen chamber? It's like the like Michael Jackson yeah. oxygen chamber. It's very very clean air. Apparently, um, the, the 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 common Boeing seven four seven, for example, uh, has a system that is up there with that level of cleanliness. So could they not have parties in there, big old parties where no one is getting ill? Not everything points towards how you could <laughs> get to your party. next party. Get you know to a, have a party, but but the, the fascinating thing about it, and I think this has gone underplayed actually, mm. is the world obviously changed since this has all happened. That we don't, as I said earlier, how it's going to come back to normal if it is at all. But after nine eleven, mm. um, only thirteen percent of commercial jet fleets, relatively speaking, were were grounded. Right, but in because of COVID, it's sixty six percent. So it's a massive, difference, massive difference. Yeah. Um, I, I guess a lot of um, I guess a lot of passenger planes have been uh, converted into cargo hmm. bits and bobs. No, no doubt, Pilot Neil and Ollie, the pilots who listen inexplicably to our nonsense. They got nothing on. <laughs> well, they did nothing. Well, I imagine they're probably um, talking to their union representatives. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah, hope so. But, so. yeah apparently, guys. Delta Airlines have parked their fleet uh, at a boneyard, as they call it, in Arizona. Yeah, uh, American Airlines of are, are a former military base turned storage facility in New Mexico. The point being, they're all at places which has got very dry air yeah. to stop the corrosion. I think, and they're nice. away from the sea, obviously, to stop the corrosion of the of the planes. Because I guess what's going to happen is, if we do return back to normal there is going to be uh, a huge amount of work to be done to make sure they're airworthy again, right? Yeah. They have exactly. to do a lot of checks, don't they? And I imagine... Apart from EasyJet. <laughs> that is libelous! Yeah. We'd like to distance ourselves from that. <laughs> uh, and our brand new... Do you know why? EasyJet. Do you know why? Because I got stuck in Krakow for right. 25 hours once because of EasyJet. Come so on. I got... mean, look, that, that's, that's just to do with planes just arriving late, in it? It's just because the planes are constantly in I mean, the air. there's late and there's that. I mean, if you were late for a record by half an hour, five. You were late for 20 foot by 25 Not hours. fine. No, You'd have a right fine. go at me. No, but I would have more of a go at you if it was 25 hours. Uh, well, if I hadn't explained... I mean, 25... No, I don't think you would. I think you'd have more go at me if I... Unless... Because I'd go, get someone else in. Yeah. Let's do it over Zoom. Unless what happened was, exactly what happened with this EasyJet flight, is that you were hit by lightning on your way here. Exactly. And 25 exactly. hours is actually a very good turnaround for a human being <laughs> to be hit by lightning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ryanair have uh, said today that the Welsh government would have to shut Cardiff Airport if it wanted to stop its international flights at the start of July. Are they just threatening to land them? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think some, I think it's Venezuela or some uh, head of state uh, at the height of COVID uh, were um, actually just blocking the runways 
with like uh, you know just bits of cargo machinery and stuff. Sounds like a movie. Um, like yeah, they were like, like planes were coming into land and they were going, "You ain't landing there, yeah. son. Get back up there. You got to go to Mexico or somewhere." What, in Cardiff. Yeah, talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I um, speaking of um, something completely different, actually. Yes. You know, I mentioned on Monday that uh, my wife and I watched Aliens. The second, yeah, it's the film. second in the in the in the franchise. Is that the one where um, uh, Ripley does the basketball shot? No, it isn't. Right, no. Alien Three is that? No, it isn't Alien Three either. Alien versus Predator. Whoever wins here, we, we lose. Yeah, that was a great tagline, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think that might be Alien Resurrection. Shit, but because she is re resurrected, resurrected. Yeah, she's re and and. Um, Anyway, I don't think people, I don't think the purists, and then they can get in touch, hello at lukeandpeach.com, I don't think the purists recognise Resurrection as part of the, the Pantheon. Right, because it was released as a quadrilogy, wasn't it? Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection. But I think the first three are the only ones that Busy. are um, noticed, sort of kind of re- respected. Mm. However, we watched Alien 3 last night because my wife loved Aliens, mm. and she said, like, I've seen the first one, I've seen the second one, I really want to finish the th- see the third one. And I, no matter what I did to try and put her off, she wouldn't be deterred. So we watched it last night, and it is shit. <laughs> I, I'll be honest here. As I think it came out in about 1992. I watched it when I was about 14 with my friend Dave Watson, mm. one of my best friends at the D-dubs. time. D-dub. D-dub, yeah. He, um, he and I were obsessed with Aliens, mm. and we watched it. And I remember us really liking it. And it got panned critically, and yeah. a load of stuff came out that Sigourney Weaver, who was a really powerful person in Hollywood, was a producer of the film. Right. David Fincher, it was his first movie that he directed. He didn't really have any power, so the whole film was just a mess. Yeah. And the CGI, I mean, Pete, you should just watch it for that, because it is horrific. Crap, gross. It's horrific. In Inherent. It reminded me of some of the stuff you would knock out in a couple of hours for our live stuff. On Blender. Yeah, it's that how bad. Da- how it's you? that bad. So, but you? the thing that makes it bad is that the puppeteering is obviously amazing, because the alien itself is iconic, mm. right? and it looks really frightening even now. So they do all these prosthetics and these puppeteering for the close-up shots, Yeah. so its head will come round the corner, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Then it will cut to a long shot, and it looks like a Windows 95 screensaver. It's bad. <laughs> anyway, the other thing about it is that I was hoping it would stand up and that I wouldn't mind it, and it, it aged quite well. Mm. It is so bleak. It's unbelievable. There is not a single witty line or joke in the entire thing, and it's almost two hours long. They've gone for serious. They've gone for a serious uh, space thriller rather than... Those things need a little bit of levity, don't they? You need the um, little bit, little bit, little, little bit of dinner before the thing goes out the belly. Yeah, That's from the first one. Yeah, everyone's think... having dinner. Everyone's having a nice time. Yeah, and then oh, someone's come out of the belly. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, the film is about a woman who's got an alien living inside her and has to kill another alien before the other alien comes out of her own chest <laughs> on a prison planet that's been abandoned, full of murderers and rapists. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, the bit I, I mean, missed abandoned out, by the prisoners and rapists. No, it's full of them. Full of them. They're right, them. okay. They're there. They're there. The first, the, 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 it starts. Australia. Alien 3. <laughs> <laughs> Alien 3 also starts. The best bit is, I've, I missed out the best bit. Yeah. The two most lovable characters from the last movie, they die in the first scene. <laughs> the, nice, get the out of the time, way. The only time you see them is when they're cremated, right. quite literally. Good. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 apparently it's been reassessed as this kind of, like, so, like, re, like depressive realism cinema. Yeah. But, yeah. You're not buying it. 
Well, why would you want to watch it? I mean, why do you want to watch? It? No your, one's ever your, thought I'm going to put Alien Three on. What was your wife's uh, opinion of it? Also, a little bit depressed about the whole she situation. She said diplomatically because she's a much nicer person than me. She said, the "At plot, least they got it finished. The plot was not good, and I didn't like the script." Fair enough. That's like the sort of re- review you'd say on Movie Watch in the yeah. 90s. I'm a Movie Watch. And I give it a five. Yeah, she. It, oh, I do remember Movie Watch. Was Alex, your friend Alex, on that? No, it was, uh, it was, rah, Angry Man, Big Breakfast, rah, London. Rah. Johnny Vaughan. Johnny Vaughan. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have to? It's like, it's like having an Alzheimer's patient in the studio. You, it you, is, yeah. No, you can only it, say the words around the name. Yeah. And that's how I do it. I sort of like go, like start in the, the, the outside of the um, hedge maze and yeah. then just end. What's five, in the middle? What? What's in the middle? Your self-respect. <laughs> uh, have you heard this uh, little thing that somebody put together about um, every Star Wars film having the wrong title? Oh, no, I haven't. It is uh, beautifully done. And you are a, a bit of a Star Wars man. You know your Star Wars. I'm not Wars really. Is, I'm, mar- I'm like... married to one. Right, okay. So, yeah. so maybe maybe, yeah. maybe a good lady by foot might enjoy this. Basically, he's pointing out that... Um, th- how many films are there? Nine films yeah. in the entirety? Uh, he's basically pointing out, it's only a minute long, uh, that every Star Wars film has the wrong title due to the plot referring to a different title in the series, if that makes any sense. Right, okay. I'm gonna put, it starts at the, at the very um, first title uh, and ends at number nine. This is why every Star Wars film has the wrong title. What happens in episode one? We meet Anakin Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker. Years later, we find out that Palpatine, leader of the Sith, have ordered an army to destroy the Jedi. Revenge of the Sith. In episode three, Order 66 happens and the clones attack. Attack, Attack of the, the clones. clones. In episode four, Obi-Wan teaches Luke that it's time for the Jedi to return. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Not a new hope. In episode five, Yoda teaches Luke how to use the Force. The Force awakens. In episode six, both Yoda and Anakin die, which makes Luke the last Jedi. After the Empire is destroyed, a new Empire comes. The Empire strikes back. Come on, guys. In episode eight, Luke trains Rey and then sacrifices himself to give the Resistance a new hope. Finally, in episode nine, Palpatine returns from the dead, making him the, the Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Lucasfilm, hire me, please. That is a great TikTok. That is a great uh, little dance, kind of a um, musical bed underneath. Yeah. I don't like it when people say at the end, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. What, do you reckon it's a bit hack? Yeah. Well, he's done a lot That's of a very good piece of work, He's ruined it, yeah. yeah. He's, had, he's had a good think about it, though, hasn't he? He's been yeah. a little bit uh, playful. But yeah. but yeah, I like it. Lucasfilm, please hire me. Lucas I don't Film think they're going to hire you on that basis. Well, I mean, the jobs are a, the jobs already done. B, yeah. I don't think they are going to be able to change all the merchandising to reflect also, the changes. What scenario exists? What scenario? Where exists? the head of Lucasfilm, let's say yeah. George Lucas, I don't let's really. rename all of the calls Star Wars this guy film. up yeah. and says. Um, so it looks to me that like your skills are that you've got quite an annoying voice and you're very wise after the event. Yeah. What job would you like? Yeah. That doesn't happen. Well, to be fair, most new films are remasters. Most new video games are remasters. So this is perfect. There's a remaster of Alien 3, by the way. Oh, what? 30 minutes longer. No, thanks. <laughs> what, what happens? I don't know. Uh, is it just more? I'm trying to think what happens in Alien 3. Is that the one where they've got the yellow I've told exoskeleton? You no, that's aliens. <laughs> well, you confuse me with your aliens and your aliens 3. <laughs> There's no film called Aliens 3. For goodness <laughs> sake, go to a break. What's Mac and me? I've told you I've been nuts. It's not Mork and Mindy either. It's a completely different thing. We're going to have a break. And when we come back, we're going to do some emails from those of you who've emailed hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. See you in a minute. Nanu Nanu. It's the return of uh, the original Mark and Mindy, Luke and Pete. Who, who's the alien? And who's the attractive lady? 
Um, was he really an alien? Or was that just yeah. a lot? Okay. I think so. he was, yeah. He wore some funny... He just wore, like, kind of, like, kids' clothes, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. He would not be judged... Uh, <laughs> that character favorably. would not be judged favourably these days. Um, Dressed as a child. What do you um, make of Robin Williams? Uh, very much dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. That, yeah. Called his uh, daughter Zelda. Did he? Yeah. Legend of a character and like a and like a performer. That's though. good. Oh, did you see this week? His range was unreal. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah he's got he's got a lot. He had a lot of strings to his bow, and yeah. um, and and the world is uh, worse off for his loss. Um, did you see that somebody uh, a quite well known writer? Uh, he wrote the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Right. Yeah. Releases a new book, and he's at one point he, he with a character this 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 modern character I think in a modern uh, world setting. Um, he has to dye some clothes. Right. And I said dye them dye them red. And he uh basically has the recipe of, of how he would dye the clothes red, this character. Um and he mentions three or four ingredients from uh the new Zelda game that you, you and I have both played. What? He lists like Hy- Hyrule Mushroom and a so-and-so Why? animal. Because he Googled and he didn't notice that what he was Googling to dye something what, red it made it into his was novel? from a Zelda wiki. Yeah, it it made from, it into his novel? Made it into his novel. And he's owning it. Wow. Uh, he's, he's, like, everyone's laughing What's at him. What's his name? But, John, is it John Boyne? Uh, I think it might be, yeah. I yeah. Look, yeah. yeah. Um, he's got some that stuff. is astonishing. Yeah. Because there'll be Script editors, proofreaders, researchers, everything. And none of them, look, and, and everyone have got their heads stuck in a book. They're, they're, none of them are playing Zelda. I just didn't know that Zelda was real. <laughs> well, it is. It's become real. It's been put in a book. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? 2020 like it. just finds more and more creative ways to be weird. I mean, that's the best, better way to be weird, isn't it? Rather than no harm done. everyone dying. Yeah, no harm done, yeah. is it? I'm reading a book at the moment called Labyrinth of Ice. Um, cool. That sounds like, I... was that from the... Um, Dragonlance Chronicles. David Bowie's from the nineties. Um, no, it's a, it's a non-fiction book right. about the Greeley Polar Expedition. Oh, um, but I'm not going to go too much into it because I haven't finished it yet. Maybe I'll tell people what it's like when I've finished it. But so far, it's absolutely very, very good. Um, hello, LukeandPictures.com is the email address to get in touch. We love to hear from you, as we always say. Uh, and I'm going to open this episode, Pete, if you don't mind, with an email from Brendan, who actually signed off his email, your pal Frendon. Oh, nice. I like that. That's, that's a lovely little playful play on names. Yeah, he says, um, I can't believe I haven't heard that before because I've met a few Brendans over the years. Yeah. Um, he's he's talking about the idea that we said only exists in kind of 80s and 90s American movies where homeless people warm their hands on barrels. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember He that. says, hello, Luke and Pete. I didn't believe either that anyone outside of movies would stand by just warming their hands by a sweet, sweet barrel fire. You have to have... Fingerless gloves. Gloves, 100%. Mm. Uh, And so I found myself at a winter festival in Detroit doing exactly that. Picture Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park, but it was minus 20. Let me me be absolutely clear. We would be setting fire to barrels or anything to stay warm if you were there. Warming my hands by the barrel felt very cool. I think as it was so movie-like, I did it for even longer. It was also the first time I'd had s'mores. Do you know what a s'more is? Uh, is it a graham cracker with with a squidgy little squidge inside? Chocolate and marshmallow, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, mate. Making me reminisce about it. Um, he said it was the first time he'd had s'mores as he grew up in the 80s, 90s, and a strict diet of 100% American TV. I can say that they are as delicious and unhealthy as they sound. Like you said, though, Luke, it doesn't happen in the UK or my most native Australia, mm. or most of my native Australia. I believe most of the stuff that happens in the movies happens in the USA. 
It's a strange and wonderful land where everyone could be confident, a confident news presenter at the top of, drop of a hat. Look, that's a bit of an odd last sentence, but he's absolutely right. It is a place, the US, where everyone's brilliant on camera. Like yeah. you, you, you will go. You find news reports that go viral of people going into the backwaters of the middle of nowhere in the US and interviewing someone, and they are camera ready. Mm-hmm. It's it's mad how much they understand Americans, who I've got a great affection for. It's an amazing country for a language they didn't invent. Yeah, they're just brilliant at, <laughs> at, at performing. Like everything is the extension of the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, anyway, Brendan says, "Keep up the good work, your old pal, Frendon." Everything's an end. <laughs> Everything's an extension. It is. Did you say that to your wife? You're an extension of the entertainment industry. I think that they understand that to be successful in something, you've got to sell yourself. Yeah. The way that manifests itself, whether it be politics or sport or movies or whatever, they just, everything is entertainment. Yeah. Everything, well, everything has to, uh, you have to express yourself. I, I, I love it. I love listening to American people talk. American people talk. Do you love listening to me talk? No, because you're not American. You never will be, mate. I don't care how many times you visit. Yeah. Uh... It's like you in Japan. No, they'll never accept me. No. Merely because of the crimes I've committed over there. <laughs> um, James Young. Yo, James, I hope I don't have to reject your name later. Hi, guys. The other week I was asked by my boss if I wanted to speak to Rio Ferdinand before and uh, after the Manchester City versus Crystal Palace game on BT Sport as their fan of the wall thing they have. This, oh, yeah. They sh- probably should have uh, sat, sat in the uh, in the ramble, but sod it. Let's do it here. Anyway, three hours before we got air, I get a phone call from a nervous producer who has to tell me that those plans are being scrapped because someone had held up the sign uh, the night before during the Newcastle game that said Robbie Savage is a wanker so they weren't doing any more live content. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Just a message out there to people who think they are being funny. Have a think about your actions because I know two people who got a huge bollocking for it and it ruined a really good <laughs> opportunity for me. It got me wondering what stupid, freaky things have stopped you from doing quite big things in your life. Enjoy the show, James. So, James, I can answer your question directly, straight away, mm. straight off the dome piece by saying that... Um, when I was at school, yes. a load of naughty kids, naughty I wasn't kids. included, uh, from the basketball team. For some reason, they were kind of the naughty kids, the basketball team at my school, mm. um, had smashed up a visiting school's minibus, slashed the tyres, smashed yeah. all the windows. Okay. As a result, we weren't allowed to do any sport for the final two years of my school year. That seems excessive no one was I think it was I think it was impressed upon our school by the local education authority so oh, what, the unacceptable started... oh right okay that we weren't allowed to participate would that be allowed nowadays don't know because that's just stopping kids that's just to make people fat fat aren't no they? you still do PE but you couldn't play against other uh... schools oh that's fair yeah what do you think about that I no think I agree that's so mean I think don't slash tie well, well if it wasn't that I think that year should be punished as they go up but like I think, no, I was years. in the same year. Yeah, so so that's exactly did, what happened. Did the whole school though? Were I the think whole it was school just for right, right? Okay. Well, I was know. demonstrably not involved. Look, it's your it's your year. You've it's all team. It's all team. Look, more. I ain't going to say anything to that. Like they were hard. They had knives. So it have, I, look, I feel James's pain. Sometimes yeah. things can happen, yeah. and you end up being the victim of a bit of the old friendly fire. Yeah, it's disappointing. My uh, my mate, speaking of friendly fire, um, well, not really. Uh, my mate uh, is in Iraq at the moment, uh, and he is very disappointed with his uh, lodgings. Oh, really? <laughs> he's, he's very disappointed that his uh, his Baghdad base. Uh, he's basically in a shipping container. I was like, "What do you expect? <laughs> get get himself to your flat." What? What do you mean? Probably be bigger than your place, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got air conditioning. So yeah, it's a, it's a shipping container with a, with some air conditioning and a bed. 
couple it's, of beds. It's one thing, it's going back to the Americans again, one thing they don't fully appreciate unless they visit regularly is that we don't have really air conditioning facility here. So no. unless you're in a, a you know, public building, you can look at, if you're American, you look at British weather, you go, oh, wow, it's only 32 or whatever they would say, like eight ninety. It's not yeah. that bad. We get it worse here. But, but they have air conditioning everywhere yeah. in the US. Apparently there's a call for a lot of European cities to have, I think France are doing it, um, have, you know, like the front of a shop um, to keep the uh, obviously the, the run of the air conditioning constantly, uh, but if you've got like an open shop, a curtain of air, yeah. Well, well, they try the curtain of air, but apparently it doesn't really affect that much. But um, uh, so, so the, there is a call for a lot of uh, EU state member states to have uh, a rule that you have to have the doors closed, or rather, you know, you have to have automatic. Oh, what for energy efficiency? For energy efficiency. Yeah. Um, but the, the British have just never sort of thought of you know approaching that. I think it's a good idea, though. I do, I do too. I, it makes perfect sense. The thing, talking about energy efficiency and um, with a slightly different angle in terms of health, mm-hmm. the thing that really pisses me off is when people leave their engines idling. How's that? What, with the so, keys in? So you just leave the engine turning over while you're sat there waiting. Right. And the worst example of it, it's actually illegal in some states in the US, but it's legal here. Right. Um, uh but the reason it's so bad is because the most prevalent example of it... So you know now, I don't know if you know now, but a lot of modern cars, when you stop at a traffic light or in traffic, your car will just cut out. Yeah. Then when you take your foot off the brake, it comes in again. Right. And that's, to, that's designed to save fuel, but also be better for the environment. Yeah. Um, but what happens a lot is that thoughtless parents outside schools waiting to pick their kids up just sit there with the engine running. Is that to keep the um, radio on? No, you can do that anyway. Right. Yeah, you can do that anyway for a, for an amount of time. So what? So what is the engine? Do? So the engine's just doing it, but ignoring the wheels. Yeah, it's not. The, it's engine, not in, the it's wheels not in aren't gear. in gear, right? It's not in gear. So, but the point so is, so, so it may as well be running some wheels, but it's but, not. But the health outcomes for kids who go to school in bad air quality areas is so bad. Like this, oh, this right. is terrible. So you see signs outside schools where I live now saying. Don't leave your engine idling. Don't leave it idling because there's no legislation to stop it. It's not illegal, I don't think. People don't use the word. People only use the word idling when it comes when it comes to that. Idling. To you, to me. <laughs> My no, brain's always ticking over. Yeah, you know, you're not doing nothing. Um, but you know what I mean. It's, it's a really, really bad thing to do for the environment, but also for fuel efficiency, but chiefly for the health of your children. Just stop yeah. doing it. Stop doing I it. I rarely guys. say something about what's good for kids because I haven't got kids myself. I don't want to preach on how people should parent, but don't, you should not be doing that. Don't go near Pete. No, you're no. a very, you're a very. Kids love you because you look like a cartoon character. I don't look like a cartoon character. You do a bit. I yeah, I yeah, I do. I can't. I cannot. I cannot uh, disavow you of of that of that notion. Mm. Um, there's an email from Lisa. Hi, Lisa. My podcasting experience took a hilarious, yet at times delightfully strange turn when my husband told me to listen to your show. Never look back. To always recommend to anyone that listened to me. Uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on the Japanese bagel head trend? Give it a Google. Are you okay. familiar with these guys? I'm not. I'm having a look now real quick. Type it in. Japanese Type bagel head. Type Japanese bagel head. Um, it's also, um, I think Canadians like doing it as well. Okay. Hmm. Oh, uh, very strange. Very interesting. Oh, no, I don't like oh, that. Oh, no, come on. It's putting an implant on your own head. Yeah. I think it's more kind of, uh, is it saline? I don't know. It's, oh, it's a, Can it's you a take te- it out? I think it's a, a temporary oh, okay, sensation. Right. Uh, apparently the bagel head procedure was first done in Canada by Jerome Abramovich in 1999. It was brought to Japan uh, in 2007 by Kropi Maeda. Why would you do it? What's the point of it, Pete? Um, it's fun. <laughs> you just put saline in your forehead. Is it uh, fun? Say again? Is it fun, though? Well, I don't know. You just let all, give a little big lead so that, and then your body absorbs all the saline. Yeah, Probably helps with a hangover. 
if it absorbed a lot of saline really quick. Uh, isn't that, wouldn't it dehydrate you if you did too much of it? Well, no, no, you put yourself on saline drips, don't you, to get your, get the salts up. I think it salts might... can ha- I get really confused about salts because remember yeah. where, remember in the 80s when um, the Ethiopians were obviously um, dying of um, starvation and, and yeah. also um, all of the waterborne diseases so kids were, were were sadly losing their lives because of um, um, the, the the effects of constant diarrhea right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so like salt solu- salt solutions were very very important so it's, I always get confused because we're told that salt's bad in every incarnation but it's not. And I'm sure some doc would probably rock along at some point uh, who shouldn't really be listening to the show uh, because we're full of nonsense. Hello at linkpeatshow.com. If you are a doctor or a pilot, and I would like to get in touch. Shall I give you my, first, my best guess? My Uh-oh. best guess is, guess is that you probably need a level of sodium in your yeah. body. And if you're short of it, you need to be pumped with it. And if you've got too much of it, you need to be diluted of it. De- desalinated? Yeah. So how, probably how do you do that? I guess you just drink plenty of clean water if you need it. And yeah. if, you, if you need, and if the doctor decides you need to up it, your salts and stuff, you just you put, put you on a saline drip. How salty are you right now? You're pretty salty most of the time. You're going to find out in a minute. Listen, let's wrap this show up and then we'll go and find out just how salty I am. Let's have a wrestle. Um, hello at lukeandpeacher.com is the email address to get in touch. We will be back on Monday with yet more of this nonsense, of course. Shout out to Katie Baxter, our excellent producer. Shout out to Stakhanov, the excellent production company that we would say is excellent because we founded it. Mm. Go and check out other Stakhanov productions just by searching Stakhanov, S-T-A-K-H-A-N-O-V dot studio, which is our website. Five-star reviews are always welcome. Give us those wherever you get your pods and have a great weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Say goodbye, Peter. Peace out, Burgleheads. This was a Stakhanov production.